Girl Got Game finished Operation Little Sister. Her dress is complete, and she selected makeup and has most of her accessories in order. We've documented the process both in articles on our site and audio diaries. Here's part two of the process, which starts with a little button shopping. So I brought one of the buttons from the dress that I ripped off so I can compare size. The buttons that we're looking at are slightly bigger than the one I brought, but it's within reason, and I can always extend the actual hole if I need to. So what I'm looking for is a button that's uh, about the size of your thumbnail. It needs to be flat. I like something a little bit stylized, a little bit ornate, but I want it to fit into the buttonholes that I already have, so I don't have to do any more work on it. These are, I've got kind of a weird color thing going on, but they're, I like the way they're a little different, a little weird. And they're, um, they're still thinner than these, though. The thing is, if this is what's holding the dress closed, I need it to be pretty small. Oh, at least that thick, right? Thicker. Yeah, those look thicker until I actually got a hold of them. Or these. These are cute and stylized. And they're thick. They're thick. They have little flower, uh, kind of steampunky flowers oh, on yeah, them. Yeah, that'll work. Which would be very childlike. Okay. I think these are going to work. I am in the process of sewing the pinafore onto the dress. I've cut several key parts of the pinafore off, including the shoulders. I kept the belt, the part that wraps around, attached to the pinafore. I'm going to use that to help attach it to me. So what I'm doing now is I'm sewing the upper part of the pinafore to the dress, and I'm using a sewing machine. It's a Singer Confidence. This is a, a mid-range, more power than you really need if you're just a casual sewer, but what I like about it is it has many fancy stitches built into it, and I am using a very basic zigzag pattern to give it a little more zing. I will probably hand stitch the collar because it's so circular and that can be really challenging with a sewing machine anyway. It will it will be sewn on. What I haven't decided is how I'm going to do it. First I have to make the pattern. So why sew the pinafore to the dress? Because it was originally intended to be worn off the well, the design of the little sister costume does not have shoulders on the pinafore. If you look carefully at it, you'll see that the pinafore is attached to their outfits. And it's implied by the design that it's attached with buttons. And I'm going to attach buttons to mine as well, but it's going to be purely for decoration. It's not going to be folded in place. Ow. I just stabbed myself with my own pins. Yeah, I'm going to do just a very quick stitch across the top here, which will serve two purposes. This is going to secure it a little bit more, but it's also going to be decorative. And by keeping it brief, it'd be easy to rip out using a seam ripper if it just doesn't work, which is a definite possibility. If you're shopping for a new sewing machine, Brother is also an excellent brand, but you cannot go wrong with Singer. There is a reason that... You've heard of it, which is they do make the best machines ever. They are a little more expensive, but they're worth it. And they also have excellent warranties and entire stores devoted to nothing but your needs. And that is sewn on. So I still have some cleanup to do. I have some loose threads and I need to take the pins out and put them back. But for the most part, that is all I'm going to do. I do need to try it on now and see how it fits. And based on that, I may end up ripping everything out and doing it over, or I may just move on to the collar. So I am making a pattern for the collar. 
I'm using the piece of collar that I removed from the original Alice in Wonderland costume, which I kept in one piece. And in this case, it happens to be a piece that was dyed, but that's not important. I'm going to create a new pattern based on this piece. And I have, for this part of my project, the pins that I've been using all along to pin the project. And I'm using a pattern board that I just bought today. And that basically gives you a nice piece of cardboard that you can push pins into. In this case, I'm pinning down the collar. And I don't have pattern paper, which is really just butcher paper. And I didn't want to invest in it because I'm not going to be doing a lot of patterning for this project. So I've taken an ad from the Sunday paper. It's a two large pieces all put into one, so I have enough room to get the entire collar in here. I wouldn't use an actual piece of the newspaper because newsprint will get all over your material and can be very hard to get out. Since I want kind of a beat up look, if any of this does happen to come off, it's not going to bother me that much and I don't think it will. This is more of a white paper that I'm using. And I'm just pinning all around the outer edges, straight down, up and down with the pin going down. First layer is the collar. Second layer is the paper that's going to become my pattern. Third layer is my board. The nice thing about patterning boards is they have all the measurements you could ever need built in. They're very resilient. They can be reused quite a bit. Pushing the pins in can be a little painful. So I'm using a thimble to protect my thumbs. It also gives me a little oomph to get the pin all the way straight through the material into the pattern and into the board. So I'm almost done. I'm using quite a few pins here because I want it to stay put. It's a little time consuming, but not too bad. You can iron the collar ahead of time if you want to be super exact. In my case, I've kept it very flat. I haven't let it get crumpled up or moved around a lot. And since it is polyester, one of the few advantages of polyester is that it doesn't wrinkle easily, so I'm confident that it's going to be okay, even though it's not exactly perfect. So I finished pinning it to the board. Next, I have a mechanical pencil. You can use a real pencil if you want. I just prefer this because I don't have to keep running back to get it sharpened. And I have my sewing and knitting gauge, which is a long, flat metal item with a little guide to show you exactly how far off you are. What I'm going to do is add an additional inch or so to the entire rim of the collar. And this is because I'm going to sew the collar itself so that it has a, a seam on the outside. And then I need the space to sew the collar actually to the dress. And that'll be the inner ring. In this case, I'm going to go an inch for the outer ring because I think I'm going to attach the lace to a piece of white material that came off the dress elsewhere. And that inch will become a half inch when I fold it over and sew it. So it'll give me a little room to move. I'm moving my tool, my little guide, around the collar and using it to mark evenly where that one inch is. And as we've discussed before, the inch is not going to be the same everywhere. Ideally, I'd want to use a sewing arc for this, which just like it sounds like, is round rather than flat and straight out. I don't happen to have one 
and I didn't buy one just for this project. So the trade-off is that I have a little bit of a tedious project ahead of trying to get this around, but I'm not too concerned with it being perfect. I am going to trace around the actual collar when I'm done with my inch, and that's going to be what actually determines the shape of the collar. So the pattern is going to have two pieces to it. The advantage to butcher paper here is because it's white, you can see what you're doing really well. And right now I am drawing over a picture of a peach, which is not ideal, but it works. Like everything else, this project is going to be not perfect, but I think it will be good. I finished dyeing the main dress. It did not come out purple or even close to white as I'd hoped. I ended up giving it a layer of blue dark blue to try and darken it a little bit and it's settled on a gray color that I've, I've come to learn to be okay with. It's just not going to be anything close to purple working with polyester. And I also decided not to dye the collar, the lace in the end. It just wasn't picking up the right color scheme and it, it's already kind of an antique looking color. So I think it'll be fine. And I took another look at some of the little sister pictures online. And most of them do have kind of a whiter or cream color in their collar. So we're gonna go with that. So I've got the outside done. I just ripped the paper, but fortunately it was ripped in the way that would work for me. So now I'm starting on the inner. I'm giving myself an inch here which may change, but I can. it's a lot easier to subtract than to add. So I'm just gonna stick with that for now. And you can possibly hear me filling in the arc as I go here. A lot of this is gonna come from the cutting. All right, we have the pattern ready to cut out. So now I'm going to go back and pull all the pins out that I've painstakingly put in there. Be careful as you're pulling it out, especially if you opt to use a Sunday insert or newspaper for your paper because it will rip when you pull them out. I'm less worried about the material and the collar since this is just extraneous at this point anyway, but there's no need to be too vicious with it. I have three pairs of sewing scissors. I have one pair that's just for cutting material and I have a large and a small pair of regular Fiskars. I'm going to use the small Fiskars to cut out my pattern because I have a little bit more control. I just realized I did not trace outside of the actual collar here, which I'm going to do so I have the option of using that as a guide. So I just set my material back down and I'm doing a very rough sketch of where it should be. Before I do anything with the material, I'm going to remeasure on the material itself anyway. So this is really more just so I have a general idea of where everything should be. And now I'm ready to cut. When you're cutting out a pattern, it's best to start by cutting out large swatches around it without actually going anywhere near the pattern itself so you can get in on that detail. If you're savvy, 
you'll be able to save enough of the larger pieces to make several patterns in one area. In this case, since I'm using the Sunday paper and don't plan to use this for anything else, I'm just cutting it rather ragtag with good paper, with butcher paper, I would be still making that first initial cut. I would not be tearing into it. Now I'm using my small fiskers, which are slightly bigger than what your kids would use at school to cut the actual pattern itself. And this is to give me a little more control and make smaller cuts. Because with patterns, you can't just go back and redo it. If you mess it up, you pretty much have to start over. I remember you're cutting that outer pattern right now because you want that extra inch that we measured. And I'm cutting the arc around it. I'm doing that a little bit by eyeballing it since I didn't use a sewing arc for this. One thing about that extra inch it's good if it's even when you're using a sewing machine because when you're using the sewing machine you need it to be as close as possible when you're making your seam. If you're hand stitching, which I am, you might be able to buy yourself a little bit of leeway, but you still need to try to keep it relatively close to where it was. So I have a really big rough pattern right now. I'm going to put my collar back down on top of it and see if it looks like it came out about right. A few places where it's not quite there. Yep, we have about an inch all around, so this will work. Now comes the moment of truth. I'm going to put down some lace and cut the actual collar. And something I decided while I was working on, I was thinking about making an internal part of the lace out of some of that extra white material that came off the dress originally to give it a little girth but also make it a little easier to work with but it would be a lot of hand stitching and I'm not sure I really want to do that. So I'm going to try first round making just a collar with just the lace and hand stitch it and see how it comes out. And I am taking a small gamble here but the fact is either way I'm going to have to cut the lace I'm going to have to make the collar out of the lace. So. I have a big piece of lace that I had pulled originally for the die test and the chunk that I did not use happens to be exactly what I need to cut two pieces of collar out. Now remember you're going to be doubling the pattern here because the pattern is based on one side of the collar, half the collar. Since this is lace, which means it's going to be very hard to find anything that matches it exactly. I'm going to do this one at a time. I have been known to double over material like regular muslin as a shortcut, but this is not a time to take shortcuts. I still have my board out. I've laid my lace out flat. I'm not going to iron it because in this case it doesn't really need to be. I'm pinning the pattern onto the lace just like I previously pinned my collar onto the paper. And again, I'm using a lot of pieces. I fully expect that some of these pins are not going anywhere near the lace. I just need it to stay put. So I'm using a lot of pins. They're very close together. There's about half an inch of space between pins. I'm going around the outer rims, but leaving just enough room that my hands can get 
close or just on top of the edge of the pattern if I need to when I mark onto my material. I'm tracing the pattern onto the lace now with a washable blue ink. For those of you in journalism who remember the very old school days of paste up, this is similar to the blue pen that you used to use to mark where the paper would be going. And it comes right off the water. It's kind of a light blue. It marks the pattern. You can also use chalk if you prefer. In this case, since it's lace, the chalk really wasn't working very well. So I got a pen. So I now have two sides of my collar ready to cut out from the same piece. I'm pulling the pins out now and then I will get my detail scissors out. In this case I'm using the detail scissors instead of my usual fabric scissors again because the lace is very fine and there's a lot of curving going on here. If I was going to be cutting just a large swath of materials that was in a straight line, I'd be using my regular fabric scissors. It's very important to make sure your scissors are sharp. Once they lose their oomph, you'll end up spending a lot more money replacing material than you will on a good pair of scissors. So first I'm going to cut the two patterns into two separate pieces of lace. Right now they're one giant piece of lace. And I am using my big scissors for those. I have the detail scissors out. I'm going to cut along the blue line that I created. And we'll see if we have collar paste when this is over. I'm using Fisker's scissors. These are the best scissors you can get for sewing. And no, I have not been paid to endorse any of these products. So I'm cutting the lace. It's actually doing very well so far. I almost got my first collar piece out. When this is done, I'm going to have a decision to make, which is am I going to sew two of these pieces together to make half of the collar, or am I going to use these two pieces individually to make the complete collar? And that's really going to be a matter of just looking at it and seeing how they look on their own and holding them up against each other and seeing how they would look together. It would be a lot more hand-stitching to sew them together but I think it might be worth it. And that's why I included that extra inch too, is that extra inch would be where I would sew the lace together. So if I opt not to do that, I'm gonna to have to grab my pattern, resize it to ensure I have it exactly to the specification of the collar, and recut part of it. But the inside needs to still have that extra little space because that's what attaches the collar to the dress. I have my first piece cut out. It's looking good. It's looking like a collar. I'm going to the second one now. You can see it took a little while. That's because I'm being very careful both to make sure the collar does not get shredded and that the lace is okay. If I'm going to put these together, I also need to make sure that they are pretty much exactly the same. One tiny little bit here or there can usually be worked around, but there can't be any dramatic differences. So I just did a quick drape. The lace actually looks really nice with the collar. I'm going to do just a single collar, so I'm going to leave the collars as they are. In order to do this, I'm going to make a very small cut in the center of the collar, and this is so I can hand stitch it around the collar. It's also time to take a look at the buttons. They're a little antique 
looking. They've got kind of a faux diamond crystal in the middle. And I think they'll match really, really nicely. So it's the moment of truth. I need to find out if these buttons will actually hold my dress together. Because if they don't do that, it's not going to be much use to me. So I still have them on the sheet. I'm putting them through the hole without removing them from the sheet. You can do this. It might take a little bit of dexterity, but it is possible. What you want is your button to go all the way through and fit properly. And it's a success. So now I need to hand sew them onto my dress. And you can see when I removed the buttons that were on the dress originally, I didn't pull off the threads. This created an instant guide for me to show exactly where the new buttons are going to go which is a lot easier than trying to figure it out for yourself. I also have larger buttons in the exact same style that are going to go on the front of the dress. These I am going to have to measure where I'm going to put them. So I'm going to take, once again, my handy dandy sewing gauge, pick a point on the dress that is completely even all across, in this case the middle, and I'm gonna measure down to, we'll say, two inches. I'm gonna mark the two inch point using one of my blue pens. And then I'm measuring from the very edge, and you'll see I have my little red triangle is where the blue point is, so I know that I'm working exactly from the same point. And I'm going to say one inch, which would be from here, would be the three inch point. I made that slightly darker, so that's going to indicate where my button is going to be. And now I also have an easy guide for exactly where to put the other one. Now before I put the ones on the front, I'm going to pin these and put the dress on to make sure I'm not going to have any accidental obscenity. So we are at Displaying Costume in Seattle looking at makeup. My main thing is that since the Little Sisters have been undersea their entire lives, they're going to be fairly pale. And I have a little bit of a tan from the summer, so I want to try and bring that down. And also they have fine lines on their face and some of the artwork, so I'm looking for makeup that I can use to recreate that. What I really want is a makeup that's going to be fairly lightweight, not a heavy theatrical makeup, and a makeup that's also going to be pretty fast, because I think I'll probably at least one day be getting dressed at PAX. The hard part is how does it react to me. I'm going to try the off-white and see how that does. So what I'm doing is I'm putting it on my forearm. It's just a tiny dab, and I'm really wiping it pretty extreme onto my skin. Is what I don't want is the appearance that there's makeup on there. The other thing is I have very sensitive skin, so it's nice to know whether or not I'm going to have an allergic reaction to it. The, the makeup itself is actually causing me to break out, so that's, that's a no. That's a no. So let's move away from that brand, I would assume. Girl Got Game almost never wears makeup, so this was somewhat uncharted territory. After recovering from the mild allergic reaction to makeup that's heavy in mineral oil, a helpful employee offers some great insights and advice. It definitely was not a peanut reaction because there was right. enough on here that you'd be calling 911, but I'm getting like little red dots from my mm -hmm. skin here, so. Uh, well, so have you ever had a problem makeup. with baby oil? Yes. Okay, most all makeup contains mineral oil. Yeah. Um, if you look on the back, paraffinum liquidum mm -hmm. uh, or mineral oil. Uh, are going to be the things that are going to... Kind of watch for. Yeah. Now, anything creamy is going to have more of it okay. than, than the other things. How about... Um, Dry and liquid makeup frequently is going to be um, 
water base okay. and have a lot less. He steers her to the Paradise Powder makeup, which you mix with water and can blend with other colors to get just the shade you want. These are small because they don't have any water in them. Oh, okay. The premixed ones are big because most of it's water. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Kool-Aid principle. Okay. Um, one of these will do like a body head to tell. Really? Yeah. So it smells really good because it's got avocado oil and cocoa butter. Nice. But that's what they use for oil in this so that you don't have to deal with um, mineral oil because mineral oil does give some people problems and in your case we're trying to avoid it completely. How would it uh, stand up to sweating? Because I'm going to be walking around downtown in late August. It'll probably do pretty well. I mean if you wanted you could you could uh, put a top coat on it. Top coats that we sell are acrylic, both the barrier spray from Meron and the uh, final seal from um, uh, Ben Nye are acrylic copolymers in an aqueous solution, so plastic mm-hmm. in water and alcohol. Okay. But what that does is when used as a top coat, it provides an additional deterrent to uh, rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when used as an undercoat, it provides an additional deterrent to, uh, to perspiration. Mm-hmm. Barrier spray is called barrier spray because mm-hmm. it will provide a barrier between you and what <laughs> and you're putting else. on. So you can put on any kind of makeup if you put the barrier spray on first. Mm-hmm. Having it on first helps um, protect you from anything that might be uh, an irritant. And also keeps the colors from... <laughs> leaching in your skin. That yellows and reds and greens are a particular problem. Then using it as a top coat mm-hmm. would mean that um, you have less trouble if it rained. Excellent. Mostly you'll notice that the way these things dry, um, they're, they're not that likely to, to rub off with casual contact with your clothes. <laughs> but if you have them near a collar, you definitely get that okay. rub off. Uh, if you put the barrier spray on as a top coat, it might prevent the rub off, but I wouldn't count it on it because, I mean, the collar is such such a common area for there to be constant mm-hmm. friction. You know, if, if you think this is something you want to use repeatedly uh, and keep in as good of a condition as possible, you might try to scotch guard that. Okay. Just get, get, just get some It'll... sort of spray that'll, um, that'll coat the material. Makes sense, yeah. So that's what I recall of sisters looking like. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, the, the light blue is uh, a really good, eerie look. Um, yeah, this was more kind of what I was thinking is like a, a very light, pale, bluish tint. And, almost and like, remember, on your skin, it's, it's especially if you different. do it thin, uh, it's going um, to be layered. Color is going to reflect your base color, and then the colors you put on top of it. So you put the white down first, and then add a little bit of color to it. Is that? Yeah, sure. That's a good way to go. What are you doing for your props for your hypo? I have a Big Daddy doll that I got from Entertainment Earth, <laughs> uh-huh. and then I bought a gerbil feeder, a little water right. bottle from a friend of mine at her uh, garage sale earlier this summer. Right. And I've been staring at it all summer, going, it's basically a hypo I just need to stick a needle on it and, yeah, and a plunger, change maybe. it I haven't quite figured out what I'm gonna do right so I'm whip stitching a hem into the costume which is 
a very rough, fake way of creating a hem. From far away, it'll look a little ragged. If you look up close, you can see the actual stitches. It's a very basic stitch. It's essentially putting the needle through, wrapping the thread around it, and then pulling it the rest of the way through. And this creates the same effect that you get from a serger, which is if you look at any hem on any garment that you have, that's what a serger looks like. But it's much more expensive and a lot more involved. And in this case, I don't mind this a little rough. Also, it's allowing me to keep the various jagged edges that I created when I started ripping it up. I did even out some of them a little bit with a pair of scissors, but for the most part, it's still the way it was. The color ended up being more of a gray than the purple. It's definitely not the, the purple or the wine that I was going for, but I'm, I'm happy with it. I think it's pretty. And I did not dye the lace in the end. The lace was just coming out way too pink, and especially given the color that the dress ended up being after I finished dyeing it over and over. The lace was getting dyed a deep pink, which wouldn't match the dress, and I think just a plain white lace collar is fine. I'm whip stitching it because I don't want the material to fray. And being polyester, it shouldn't fray too much, or in general, it's not like cotton. If you have cotton, it will fray very, very quickly. And in this case, this is the very last thing I'm doing, and I've beat up the garment pretty good just dragging it around. I actually put a hole in it at one point, which I had to sew up. But I want it to be able to last a little longer, and I don't want it to get caught on something while I'm walking around and start to tear. And I don't want any of the existing tears in it to get any worse so the hem will prevent that. I hand sewed the buttons on and they look really great. They're from Spain and I think the buttons are what really made the costume for me. They're this kind of otherworldly antiquing look but they're not steampunk by any means. But they look like the kind of button that someone might put on a kind of girly girl dress back in the period. We hope you've enjoyed Operation Little Sister, our cosplay journey in two parts. You can find detailed articles on our site, posted August 4th and August 19th, and a gallery of pictures on our Facebook fan page. 